This is Romans chapter 4. This is the word of God for us this morning, verses 13 through 21. Starting in verse 13 of Romans 4. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it had been the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null. And the promise, for the law brings wrath. But where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. Not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. And in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist in hope, He believed against hope that he would become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead. And since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Wow. Praise God for the reading and for the hearing of his word. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. It's so good. We could pray right now and be done because your word is so rich. It's the spirit of God uses the hearing of the Word of God to do supernatural things in our minds and hearts. And oh God, we, we willingly that right now that Your Word has power. Your Spirit is at work. Your church is growing. The kingdom of God will advance and no person, no spirit of darkness, no satanic will be able to stand against your gospel. Lord, thank you for Abraham, the man of God, that promises, that walked by faith to be an example for us to mimic. Lord, may we not miss all that you have for us this morning in this passage. Give us grace to understand it. I pray that you would build up every Christian to walk by faith, to live life of faith. And Lord, I pray for those, maybe a few, maybe more than a few, who do not yet know Jesus, are not yet saved, born again, that you would save them even now and use this word to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So good morning again and welcome. We are in Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 21. My name is Josh. I'm the preaching pastor here and very thankful to be opening God's word with you this morning. 
Our fall sermon series is titled By Faith, and my sermon is By Faith We Live. By Faith We Live. You and I have choices this morning regarding how we live. First of all, you're here, so you are alive. Can I get an amen? That's a good thing. You are living. What you do with your life that God has given you is a choice that you have this morning. You can live a life of fear or you can live a life of faith. You can live a life of fear or you can live a life of faith. And with clinical anxiety on the rise, worry and fear on the rise, I think it's a fairly appropriate message because many people live lives of fear where you just curl up and you run away from your problems and try to avoid it and pretend that it's not there or you just try to play, play it safe, live a safe life. But the life of faith is different. The life of faith is the life that God calls every Christian to. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God has called you to live a life of faith. Last Sunday, we defined faith as complete trust in God. And we used the on a chair. You have to have at some point complete trust in the chair to hold you. Let's continue expanding our definition of faith. How about Hebrews 11.1? 1? Hebrews 11.1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How many of you read this verse in your Bible before? Yeah. The word assurance means to stand upon. It means to have strong support, a foundation, a bedrock. To walk by faith is to walk in the firm foundation and bedrock of God's promises. The conviction of things not seen, the word conviction there means title deed. You hold the of heaven in your hand when you walk by faith. You have the title deed of what is to come. Heaven, eternal life with God in his presence. That's what it means to walk by faith, to have this confidence, this assurance, this conviction, this title deed. My friend Sam Paulson, who is a pastor in Tennessee, he said it this way, faith is the God-given ability to know that what he has promised is ours. That's what it means to walk by faith. It's the God-given ability to know that what God has promised is ours. So my big idea in Romans 4 is this, a life of faith must involve believing in Jesus Christ, that's the starting point of faith, A life of faith involves believing in Jesus Christ and then growing in your ability, your capacity, your confidence to live according to the promises of God. When you first become a Christian, you exercise faith for the first time in a safe way. Your life is radically transformed and changed. Can I get an amen? When you get saved, that's what happens to you. You change. You exercise faith for the first time. Your as a Christian, the same faith that saved you is the same faith that grows you. So your answer in the, in the life, life is this. 
I am growing in faith in a way that I'm growing in my ability, my capacity, my confidence to live my life based on the promises of God, not all the other things that I used to know. Now, here's, here's my question as we get into the text. What does a life of faith look like? What does a life of faith look like? If you're to say, okay, if I'm going to live by faith, walk by faith, what in the world does that look like? Well, you're in luck. Romans 4 tells us. Amen? Here's what a life of faith looks like. Paul is going to show us through Abraham's example what it looks like to walk by faith. And as we go through these characteristics, I want you to measure your life against Scripture to see if you're really walking by faith or if you've tried to walk by what you can see and control and work hard for. We'll see which one you're at. Here's characteristic number one. Not by the law. We live by faith, not by the law. Verse 13 through 15. The promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the appearance of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. The law brings wrath. That word wrath means heaviness. The law brings a heaviness to you. But where there is no law, there is no transgression. We live by faith, not by the law. The law and the faith cannot coexist. Mark it down. The law and faith cannot coexist in your life. The law is listed three times here. And Abraham received God's promise through faith. So walking by faith means we are heirs of God. Through trust in Christ. The law, you know what the law is? Be good, be a good person, be a good American, be a good, be a good law keeper, work your way to heaven, get there, put whatever commandments or sacraments or ordinances or whatever you got to do, you fulfill those the best that you can and you be a good, righteous Iowan. Can I get an Amen. You just be Iowa nice, and you're probably going to get to glory someday. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit better than somebody from New Jersey. Can I get an amen? I'm a little bit better than somebody who's... I'm better than that. And there's, there is this lie within the religiosity that the law can somehow save you. Work hard, be good, do the things. Here's the thing. If you keep the law perfectly, yes, you can go to heaven. But here's the truth. Nobody keeps the law perfectly. Romans 3.23, as my little girls and I are memorizing at night, says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Trying to live by the law makes faith Null and void. That's what the scripture says. If you want to try to get to heaven by keeping commandments, you nullify and you make void faith. God didn't say to Abraham, obey the law and I will bless you forever. God said to Abraham, believe this and I will bless you forever. Tony Merida in his great commentary on Romans said this, salvation is by the way of God's gracious promise, not 
our good performance. The good news of the gospel is for all people by faith in Christ. We live by faith, not by the law. That's characteristic of a person who is saved by faith, not by the law. Characteristic number two, we live by faith in the God of the impossible. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're walking by faith. We live by faith in the God of the impossible. This is why it depends on faith, verse 16, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all of his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who's the father of all, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom he believed, now get this, end of verse 17, who gives life to the dead. If that doesn't make your jaw drop at 8.30 in the morning, I don't know what will. He gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. We live by faith in the God of the impossible. When God saves people through the gospel, it's not just cool. Wow, that's really cool. It's impossible. God did the impossible. He resurrected a dead sinner, caused them to rise into this place of faith in Jesus, regenerates the heart. There's a new creation. That's not cool. That's impossible. People who walk by faith share in the faith of Abraham. That's what it says. The one who walks by faith shares in the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Cue the Father Abraham song, amen? Father Abraham had many sons, you know? And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right on. Yeah, you guys know. That song is legit. It's a good song. We are sons and daughters of Abraham in this sense. He's the father of all Christians who believe this is an amazing thing. The worst thing you could say to a child as they sing it is, you ain't a, father, you ain't a kid of Abraham yet. You're not saved. You know, like these little kids are not saved yet. They're singing this. Don't crush kids' dreams. Let them sing it. They'll get it eventually. But verse 17 is a quote from Genesis 17, 5, which tells us God made the promise to Abraham, and he said, I have made you. Abraham didn't invent his own salvation. God made Abraham who he was. God intervened in an impossible way. Abraham believed God for resurrection and for impossible multiplication. Resurrection... You can see it, he gives life to the dead, which is a reference to Genesis chapter 22, when God tells Abraham to kill his only son, Isaac. He waited for this long and God says, you know what, I want you to sacrifice him. Are you kidding me? And, God, and Abraham obeys, and they have a very awkward father-son conversation, I'm sure. Dad, where's the sacrifice? Well, son... Let me tell you, God will provide. And Isaac's looking around like, I think it's me. And he was willing to do it. It was impossible. And Hebrews eleven nineteen tells us that Abraham believed that God 
would raise him from the dead. If God did allow him to kill Isaac, Abraham was so full of faith that he's like, well, the promise rests in the kid. And I believe that God will even raise him from the dead if he allows this to happen. That is amazing. It's impossible. Impossible multiplication as well. Abraham believed that God would create a nation out of an old, frail, weak who weren't physically able to have a child. That is not possible. That's impossible. Hebrews 11, a great parallel passage for this. Verse 11 and 12, by faith, even Sarah herself, was a, who was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, considered that one, that one who had promised was faithful, therefore from one man, in fact from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of the sand along the seashore. Living by faith involves believing in the God of the impossible. God is impossible things. Here's what it means. It means your faith rests on who you believe in how much faith you have. You hear nonsensical Christians saying, well, if I only had more faith, I need to conjure up some more faith. Can you got any more of that faith sauce, that faith sprinkle? Can you sprinkle some more faith on me? And you see a lot of the, these crazy manifestations or ridiculous manifestations of somebody trying to get more faith. Every time I see that on TV or I see that said, I'm just like, that is so ridiculous. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. It matters who is the object of your faith. Faith is a gift from God to believe who he is. Now, we have lived this as a church time and time again at Living Waters where we have seen God do the impossible. We even made t-shirts about it in 2019. Joseph, when you shared that fundraiser story, I'm like, that's ridiculous. I put it in my sermon this morning. That is so insane. 2019, I got some pictures that you can put up here. We did this, this theme from Genesis 18, 14, is anything impossible with the Lord? Julie McDonald made green t-shirts. Everybody wore green t-shirts. We had this gathering church on November 17th, 2019, because we were seeking the God of the impossible. Southside Church trying to buy a building debt-free in one year. Get out of here. That's ridiculous. That's improbable. What a cool thing. No, it was impossible. Impossible. And God did it. You guys remember that night? For those of you who were there, there are no walls here. You can see it's all and Christmas lights. And God did it. God did the impossible. We saw God do impossible things. And I just want to encourage you this morning. If you know Christ as your Savior, God's not calling you to a hard ministry. He's calling you to an impossible ministry. And that is exactly where he wants you because he is the God of the impossible. Amen. He's the one who does things that no human explanation is worthy of. And more important than buildings, because that's just a building. It's just a building. It's a cool building. We love our building. It's just a building. More than buildings is people. When God resurrect the hearts of sinners and saves them, we stand in awe. We say you're the Now, I want you to think about what is impossible in your life right now. I want you to write it down and I want you to start believing God for it. You may or may not get it, but you know what? 
you'll get God. In the middle of the journey, you'll see that God is the God of the impossible. He can, it's his will, and he has all ability. And if we walk by faith, we must believe in this God of the impossible. Characteristic number three, we live by faith in the face of hard facts. We live by faith in the face of hard facts. Verse 18, in hope he believed against hope. That he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100. And when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. We live by faith in the face of hard facts. Abraham had some hard facts to deal with. Genuine faith in Jesus will always involve hard facts confronting your life. Guarantee. Abraham had been told some great things from God. Big promises. He believed, but he had some hard facts. What were his hard facts that he had to deal with? His body was old. Abraham was no spring chicken. Can I get an amen? No spring chicken. This guy is an old guy, almost 100 years old. Now the age It it translates a little different these days. But his body was old and Sarah's womb was barren. They had tried everything. She had been dealing with infertility for 25 plus years. That is impossible. That is a hard fact. Now hard facts are enough to discourage any person and get them to stop, right? To quit. Stop believing. When we're confronted with hard facts, many times you and I say, well, that's pretty hard. I think I'm walking away. That's pretty tough. Many times the hard facts set us aside where we can't walk by faith anymore. We've got to try to figure it out some other way. Not for Abraham. Not for Abraham. Abraham did not weaken in faith, which literally means he was undaunted. That's what the translation is in the Greek. Undaunted, unintimidated, and unmoved by the fact that he and Sarah had a tremendous physical condition to take in. Abraham was undaunted. He said, I don't care. I believe God. I don't care what seems impossible. I believe God. I just believe him. I'm not going to stop believing in him. He was going to believe that God was going to keep his promise. Life is filled with hard facts, is it not? Is not your life filled with hard facts? It is. Every single one of us in here, our facts look a little different and they come at us a little different, but every person here has hard facts that are confronting your life where you're like, that is really hard. Am I going to believe God or am I not? It's a test of faith. And if your faith is genuine, expect it to be tested. Let me tell you about Misty Sparks from our church. I asked her for permission to share. She said I could. She has battled leukemia. She is currently in remission. And early in August of this year, she was presented with a hard fact. She was presented a hard fact of a tumor in the fourth ventricle of her brain. She has since had the tumor successfully removed and many of you have prayed for Misty and supported her financially and we praise God for that. I mentioned Misty's situation and I asked her for permission to share this because 
particularly, she has responded to these hard facts with the spirit of Abraham. The spirit of faith. This woman has not wavered in her faith in Christ. Is she perfect? No. Are any of you? No. But she has not wavered in the, in the facts of the gospel. In fact, her faith has grown stronger. Amen. You have seen her posting scripture online. You have seen her witnessing to everybody that she can about Jesus Christ and God's goodness as she's getting a tumor removed from her brain. That's great faith. That's faith in an impossible, beautiful, holy God. And the fact that she keeps finding joy and laughing in certain moments brings me great joy. I don't know about you, but I respect and I look up to anyone or man who walks with Jesus and leans into the naming of her tumor, Benign Betty. That's cool. That's taking joy in the hard facts. That's believing God. Christians, we don't live perfect lives. Nobody's expecting perfection. Abraham did not live perfectly. Because Jesus Christ died and rose again, we have hope. Amen? We have real hope. And because of that, we can face hard facts with faith. Characteristic number four, we live by faith in the God who never fails. You walk by faith, you live by faith in the God who never fails. Verse 20, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. For he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to promised. We live by faith in the God who never fails. Abraham didn't waver concerning his trials. He continued to believe God. He knew that God was bound to keep his promises. God is the God who cannot fail, and he's the one who has to keep his promises. Do you understand that, Christian? to keep his promises. He's God. Therefore, what we have to do is lay hold of his promises like Abraham, not waver. And you know, God's looking for people who really believe in him. God's looking. Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. This is Hanani, the prophet, said this to King Asa. He said, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless to him. God is looking for men and women of faith. And the sad, the sad part of 2 Chronicles 16 is that Asa in a negative sense. Asa, just believe God. Believe his promises. Believe his word. And so this morning, God is for you and me. He's looking for believers who will walk by faith. As time passed, Abraham would actually grow strong in his faith and give glory to God. Abraham was completely confident that God would not fail him. True believers in Christ grow more and more confident in God and his word. He will not fail you. Amen? Well, but he won't. He will not fail you. And his promises will always be true. You better latch on to him. We live by faith in the God who never fails. So, as we close, a life of faith must involve 
believing in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. For some of you, you need to believe in Christ for the first time. You need to really give your heart to Jesus. If you do know Christ, God is growing you, okay? Just accept the moment that you're in. You don't have to be Abraham right now. You don't have to be where he's at, at his best day. You might be struggling, fighting, working through this, this struggle of faith, but my God give you grace to keep growing in your capacity, your ability, your confidence to build your life off of the promises of God. He will never fail. He'll make disciples here in America. He'll make disciples in Lima, Peru. He'll make disciples everywhere in between. Will you walk by faith? Are you growing in your faith? Are you in your trust? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you, the God who keeps your promises who keeps your covenant love towards those who believe and walk by faith. Thank you for Abraham, our example. And Lord, now here we are, saved by Jesus Christ, assured of eternal life through faith in his name, and here we are battling it out to live a life of faith. So God, would you be merciful and gracious to our church? Would you comfort the heart of the person who's weighed down with anxiety and fear and all the different things that are keeping them from stepping out in faith? Would you bless that person to make growth and change, confidence, that you'll keep your word, that you'll do what you say? Lord, would you give believers patience, patience with you and patience with themselves? to trust you for your timing, whatever that is. Lord, because we want some of our prayer requests answered right now. We really do, Lord, but sometimes it's just best for us to wait and be still and to keep walking by faith, to not give up, keep putting one foot in front of the other. God, may we take you at your word. May we be in your word and read your promises and believe them for ourselves. Believe them for our lives. God, may we not base our lives off of this world. This world doesn't know what they're talking about. Lord, the law and the commands and the requirements and the works-based righteousness, they don't know what we know. Jesus Christ and Him crucified and the grace of God. So Lord, may we reject worldly counsel. May we embrace faith in Your promises. Do a work inside of us this morning. Give us hope. Give us strength, give us joy in Jesus. And in his name we pray, amen.